on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance vests, watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekking, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Mm-hmm. Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and we are live from Baycon 2012. Here is your host, Derek, the Baycon Master, oh, McCaw! I think that's an emphasis problem. It's a, uh, Bacon Master oh, is what sorry. I am. Yes, okay. Right. You got all salivated. Let me do it over again. I did. I started to do it. I thought that's what he meant. There was bacon. Because uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the buffet tomorrow. Okay, so I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. To my right is my fabulous announcer. I am Nate Costa, announcing for the absent Ronald J. Lopez. Yes, uh, and of course, to my left, podcast producer and moral compass. That's me, Rick Brett Snyder. That's right, and we are podcasting on Sunday. What date is today? May twenty seventh. Uh, it's a day. It's it's Memorial Memorial Day Eve. It's Memorial Day Eve. Okay, it's when Santa comes. And every home. year we celebrate by uh, geeking out. Uh, and so we are here at uh, Bacon. Which has had us, uh, this is the, our fifth this year? This is our 16th year doing Bacon. 16th year uh, out of the 15 years we've been coming. It's been uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we like to podcast live. We do have a, a nice little audience and, uh, and uh, special guests come by and it's very exciting. It is. So we like having that live frisson, if We you especially appreciate the live studio audience. Yes. Which we don't usually have so in the so people. Yeah. And Give yourself a hand just for being here. And, and, and yeah. the, yes, exactly. and the most wonderful sight that we can see, a child reading a comic book in front of us is fantastic. That's awesome. And the, another child dressed as Supergirl. It's, 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 it's great. And we're, that's what we're here so for. It's so thematic. It is. It is fantastic. So what we do we got to talk about We this got week? some comics news. We got some movie news, uh, or movies to talk about, I guess, and uh, some television news. And uh, said it. I think we got some, uh, some special guests. We do. We do. Uh, first of all, last weekend was a convention, and we didn't. We haven't had a chance to talk about it. Big whoop. Big wow. Oh, yeah. The Big Wow Superfest uh, in I San Jose. I think it's Jose. called Big Wow Comic Fest. Comic Fest. Yes. It used to be Super Con. That's right. Until someone else took that name and they couldn't afford to see We it. don't talk about those years. Right. We don't talk about that those years. But it was a big deal that uh, the one of the chief, uh, one of the co-publishers of DC Comics was That's actually right. there, Jim Lee. Jim Lee was there on and, Sunday. And uh, yeah. Nate was taking questions over the internet to ask Jim Lee in his hard-hitting interview. How'd that hard-hitting interview go? It was great. Yeah? Was it he great? answered every question truthfully. Did he? Yes. Did well, he get annoyed I, with you? When I dreamt about it the night before, that's how it went. Yes. But what actually happened? What actually happened was Jim Lee sat there and signed autographs and sketched pic, uh, drawings for every single person in line. So clearly didn't have time for an interview. And you know what? I don't fault him for that. No. I think actually if you're going to actually go and meet your fans, the fact that he showed up and... Uh, and did sketch. This we're talking one of the most popular comic Didn't book artists in the country. Didn't snarl at anybody. No, uh, there he were was happy to do it. There no. were fans Didn't kick that any were puppies. snarling. Yeah, uh, there were people going, oh, "Why well, is he doing a sketch?" I'm like, uh, "Well, if your choice was to get a free sketch from Jim Lee, who is again one of the most popular comics artists uh, exactly. alive, uh, and he's doing it for and free." And costume designer. Yes, yeah. I don't, I don't like to talk about that. Why, God, why? Yes, but he is a popular artist. Uh, so yeah, he did that, and Frank Cho was there. Frank and, Cho, uh, Mike Choi, and many. we saw yep. uh, James Mc, Robinson, friend McGray of the program, was there, too. and uh, Mick Gray was there, and uh, friend of the program, James Robinson, Gaz Gretzky, Gaz Gretzky, yes, uh, Gaz Gretzky did a beautiful drawing of the Hulk for my son. That was wonderful. It was. It was. It was, it was nice a magical time. And uh, and it was a very busy uh, convention for the you know the year before it was kind of down shockingly but busy. Uh, shockingly busy. Do you think it's really going to turn into like the North Bay Comic Con? I heard a lot of people saying, "Hey, this is just like Comic Con." I think those people have it, never it, been to Comic Con. Yeah, they, it, yes, uh, there were a few people in costumes, and definitely there were people I had seen at Comic Con yes. wearing costumes there at Big Wow. Yes, uh, but it'd be interesting to see because. You know, one of the things that people said was also that last year, uh, Big Wow competed on the heels of WonderCon, which and, was not. And this year, WonderCon was not in the San Francisco Bay Area, and so we'll see if 
It has not been announced yet if WonderCon is returning to the Bay Area. Yeah. And if it's not, then yes, Big Wow may very well become uh, a convention to fill that gap. But they're not so high on the media characters. I see someone familiar walking down the hallway. Oh, no. Oh, there he is. Limping, okay. running at a Where slow else? snail's pace. He's sort of like the penguin if the penguin slowed down and some moss grew on him. Here he, he is. Peeling he looks, off his coat. Now that mock turtleneck and black pants is kind of like Steve Jobs. The penguin, uh, legitimate turtleneck. The penguin meets Hammurabi right here. Go ahead. It's our Hi. own. Hugo Award-winning ah, it hurts. It editor, hurts every Christopher time you J. say Garcia. that. The Hugo staff queue is actually upstairs, so I'll let it touch I know, you. I t- no, I touched it yesterday. Wow. It was awkward. It was behind you. It's like the, it's like the Blarney over. Stone. Can you like bend yes. over funny and kiss it? Oh, or? Lord, don't. Uh, there are some things that have been done to that uh, no. statue Whoa. that I anyway. can't say with the kids in the room. Hey, kids. So, Chris, did you go to the Big Wow Fest last week? You know, I did not make it. Oh. Oh. Well, okay. Anyway. That's all. Interesting. Yeah. We were just talking about Bacon, too, and how we've been here for like 40 years now. Yeah, 30. Doing the, doing the podcast since Word. before the... Uh, but back before the invention back of... Back when we were doing on Real, 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 Real to Set. Oh, Jinx. Oh, me a Coke. That's right. Well, Mr. Garcia's got a Real to Real tape project going on right it's now. It's a cassette tape, though. Cassette tape. Not Real to Real. Well, it's kind of little mini reels inside yeah. a cassette. Yeah. Yeah. A hard copy podcast with a hashtag in front of hard copy. Mm-hmm. That makes yes. it technical. Uh, it's a good thing that show's not on the air anymore. I know. Hey, <laughs> we interviewed Brandon Sanderson, actually. Uh-huh. Um, when I say we, I mean me. With a live studio audience, and uh, uh, it w- really went really well. Okay, good. I like that guy. He's very tall. And when is that uh, podcast going to be available? Uh, I will be making, literally dubbing copies starting tonight. Uh, can it really Tens be? Tens of copies it will be available tomorrow. Copies. It cannot actually be considered a podcast if there is no iPod involved it's a or cast. digital. It's a tape cast. No, no, it's a podcast. No. No, no, it's, no, it's done by someone who has been taken over by a pod. Did I oh, mention? Okay. Did I mention that it had a hashtag in front of it? Yes, you yes. did. That's mention just that. as good as putting it on the internet. Yes. Is it? Okay. And you scrawled RSS and crayon on the back. <laughs> you have real easy syndication. Just throw it at people. Uh, hey, okay. hey, Chris, your podcast ready? Yes, you yes. heard me. You Fetch. heard me. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, you so know what we should do. Uh, we should take a break right now and do some kind of live studio audience giveaway. Yes, we should. Hey, so, you know, in, in the years past, fifty years ago, when we first started coming to Bacon, yes, we started this little thing called Stump the Zorlak, which was, which at that time was really about coming up with a question the Zorlak couldn't answer. That's right. But really, what we learned was there were no questions the Zorlak couldn't answer. So Except we started, for Randy Smith, we started giving out. Well, no one said I had to answer it correctly. Just for interesting (laughs) questions. So if you have an interesting comic-related question, something you've always wondered about, you know, like how does Wonder Woman's costume stay? No. Um, Stop. Just bad, bad man. As a way of mocking me. Put the question in the form of a question. (laughs) Raise your hand and answer. We'll answer it. It's, it's, It's so bizarre. We will answer it. You will get a prize for asking the question. It's bizarro world, I know, but go right ahead. We have anybody out there got a question? We do. From the videographer, of, our official videographer was first. You will get extra points next time for having your hand up right after him. Yes, come right up. Push Chris out of the way. Please. Get out of the way, Chris. Right. What, first off, what's your name? Craig Glasner, Ranger Craig. Ranger Craig, and where are you from, Ranger Craig? Uh, I live in San Francisco. I work in Alcatraz. And yes, your, I mentioned Bart a couple years ago. And yes. I'm channeling Grace, Chris Garcia. What's my favorite color? Uh, yellow. Wrong. Okay. But go ask, ask your question anyway. All right. What seven or eight-time Hugo-nominated artist um, who first published in a comic book? And what was that comic book? He is not one, by the way, a Hugo. Who he threw your I was going to say Chris fan, Garcia, fan but fan he art- finally did. Fan artist, seven or eight times been nominated, never won. And his first work, uh, and I'll give you another clue, related to his experience in Vietnam, appeared in a comic book. What was that comic book? Ding. Hmm, artist. Hmm. <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to let Name Garcia the artist go. or the comic book. I'll make it easier. Name the artist. It's much easier. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. You obviously know the answer. No, Derek, I want to see you sweat. The Nam? 
Was the book no. the nail? No, no. Okay, which was from Marvel. I or Weird Ward Tales? Nope. 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 Sergeant Rock? Nope, not close. <laughs> Nick Fury, Adrian. Oh, Hill. go ahead, Chris. <laughs> uh, that would be Mr. Stephen Stiles, uh, whose first comic book, I believe, was uh, the fantastic Aether Flyer of Dr. Professor Thinwhistle. Uh, and he would go on to do... He did a number of comics uh, all over the place. Or are you talking about uh, Phil Folio? Well, no, I'm talking about Steve Stiles, but it was Anarchy Comics. Anarchy Comics, ah, right. Excellent. Chris, what if you should have known that. You have five copies. I was going to say, because I, 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 really I don't remember the Battle of Thin Twistle. <laughs> I probably do have five well, somewhere. That was, that was out, what he did for Heavy Metal. Out in the podcast verse, people are just screaming Steve Stiles at their, pod, at their iPods. All the Christners. Yeah, all the... Yeah, so, okay. what do we have for Greg? Well, I do... Uh, I have a novel from the Gears of War series. Ooh. Uh, I'm just going down to the pile. If that's... Uh, it, is that acceptable to you, sir? Sure. All right. Excellent. Good. Yeah. Thanks. Let's have a round of applause for Greg, please. Greg, Craig, everybody. He definitely stumped the buoy on that one. Yeah. yeah. No, that doesn't show. happen a lot. No. There's a real curveball, too, because he like, he's all yeah. Hugo Award winner. I'm going, yeah, no, 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 that's not. But then he brought it back into comics. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he, went, did. he went the long way around. Yeah. The okay. lawn way Just around. Just The lawn way. Oh. oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, we are... One for Long Lopez Night. Yeah. Um, the big news in comics this week is that one million moms have decided to uh, boycott comics. Are trying is to it organize really a whole million, or it's is actually is a whole more like dozen? two million? It's actually more like a dozen. Uh, they are boycotting DC Comics and Marvel Comics. Oh, look! People look stunned by this revelation that they're being boycotted uh, because uh, both Marvel and DC had separate announcements this week that offended one million moms. Again, which is probably really more like one dozen moms. Uh, they've, they've organized such protests in the past as protesting J.C. Penney because they refused to fire Ellen DeGeneres as their spokesperson because uh, she's a lesbian. And uh, the result was that J.C. Penney, the result of their boycott was that J.C. Penney's sales doubled. Uh, so, uh, yes. Thanks, and, a million uh, moms. Why do they, I want them to boycott me. Yeah, boycott yeah. the Fanboy Planet podcast. There oh, please, please, please. Yeah, may I take uh, an informal survey here? Yes. yes. Um, how many moms would agree with a boycott of comics? No, okay. Okay, good. Uh, but let's get let's explain the, why. Let me talk about the great news. Great radio, Chris. There the, were no hands. There raised. were no hands there. Uh, the news that, uh, that, that Put startled them was that uh, uh, last weekend at uh, Kapow in uh, a British comic convention, Dan DiDio uh, mentioned oh. in a casual, casual off-the-cuff remark that uh, a, a, an iconic character was going to be reintroduced uh, as being gay. And uh, so uh, he had earlier said that in the New 52 that if they, they would not take an established character and make them gay, that they would introduce new characters in which that was part of who they were, such as Batwoman. When they created, yeah, right. you know, is is lesbian Selena Kyle and uh, oh no uh, no 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 Kathy no, uh, Kane no Sorry. Selena Ka- Kyle is Catwoman that would be awesome come on Rick Shh. and um, in the game right? anyway and when Iconic. when he was asked well you had earlier said that you, that you wouldn't take an established character and change them uh, so just like uh, Obama our views are changing and uh, are evolving. evolving our views are evolving so uh, there's been a, 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 the internet has been a Twitter this week. As to which character was are it on they? Twitter? Uh, oh yes, it probably. Was on yeah. Oh yes. Okay. I was using it more as a as a figure of speech ah. that predates What's Twitter. That mean? Like when we hard copy. when <laughs> we started at Bacon sixty years ago, yes. a Twitter meant something very different. We were all gay with the Twitter. Yes, and yes. Uh, and the and, gaieties. Yes, and we still are. And so uh, anyway, the que- the question has been which which character is going to be, and, and I'll get back to it. The other thing is that Marvel announced that Northstar, a character who has been out mm-hmm. for at least twenty years, More than 20 out years. as in uh, as in as in established as, a, as gay. Although originally Marvel did uh, back away from that and said that instead of being gay, he was half fairy. Yes, and I'm still and, and that straightened things right out. That straightened yeah. things right out. Uh, so, in, in seriously, that is actually true. But the Northstar in the next issue of Astonishing X Men is going to marry his longtime boyfriend. Who so, nobody's seen in any of the books. Right. So you're going to, uh, you know, who lives in Canada. Wait, Northstar's oh, from yes, Canada. North Star. <laughs> uh, so, uh, My girlfriend from Canada. Canada yes. Yeah, so, uh, who North- turns out to be Sinestro. No! <laughs> Different universe, Chris. I know. So, great great anyway, crossover. Anyway, though. Astonishing X-Men number 50. I was cordially invited. I don't know if you got an invitation. I did not. But I did. You did? I, I got did. one. You got what are you invitation. getting them? Um, 
I thought about uh, salt and pepper shakers. You can't yeah. go wrong with no, that. No, no, no you really can't. Everyone needs towels. condiments. Towels, yeah. Towels. Not yeah. bowl. Okay. I'm a big towel guy. Point is, then that upset one million moms, and yes. so they want to boycott these two companies for being... Uh, for acknowledging that gay people exist, exist and putting them in their fiction. The funny and not, thing is... And not hating them. The previous comics-related boycott that they tried was they tried to boycott Toys R Us for uh, selling Archie comics because Archie has had, a, uh, for a couple of years now, a, a gay character named Kevin Keller, who a few, uh, a few months ago had his uh, gay marriage because there's a line of Archie comics set when they're adults, and Kevin Keller... Or, this is bizarre that Archie Comics is actually on the forefront of social change and that they, in social justice, they have already actually done this. Well, I have a Dream Comics, I believe they put out in the 60s. <coughs> um, I have were, a Dream Comics? Yeah, they were always on the leading edge of the civil rights movement. Uh, so this the may, be, this may be, I'm saying, uh, for a mainstream, for a <laughs> oh, publisher enough. that exists outside right. of your head or yeah, no, beard. No, 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 Chris, Chris. When you when you post on Facebook what you had a dream last night, it's not the same thing. <laughs> right. Oh right. my God. So yes. apparently, yes, uh, they because Toys R Us was selling uh, these issues of life with Archie, one million moms organized that boycott, which by the way resulted in Toys R Us selling out of uh, of that issue of Life with Archie. Yes. So again, these boycotts. Thanks again. I think that one million moms is secretly it's a being marketing paid agency by <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want people to pay attention. Yes. Right, Mrs. Hire Dino. us. <laughs> but since we do not yet know which uh, which iconic character, anybody want to get you put guesses out there? I as guess, to which but I already know what you're going to say. Characters so being, you wrong. know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I yeah. know what you're going to say. Uh, who would I guess? Yeah, Superman. That's not a reintroduction. Superman's already been published for eight months. They're going to reintroduce him. Aquaman. Aquaman. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Aquaman is in fact happily married to a, a very attractive redheaded woman named Mira. For now. For now. <laughs> Even though, granted, she's an extra-dimensional sent here to kill Aquaman, and she fell in love with him instead. But, you know... Okay, this is a story as old as time. But was I that think, spoilers? Was that I spoilers? think that's uh, Rick and Debbie's relationship in a nutshell. So, uh, you know, that's, that's it. it is. And if you come out of the closet now, Rick... It's going to be awkward. And you'll owe me $5. I'm going in the closet because Debbie went shooting last week. (laughs) And she hit the target square on with every shot. Oh, dear God. Okay. Portrait of a man who's on borrowed time. I may just go under the bed. Rick Bretschneider, challenger of the unknown, living on borrowed time. (laughs) Okay. I like that. I'm Okay. Uh, Chris, seriously, you want to take a guess? I don't know. Um, I would like to see, because we have a Green Lantern right now, right? So it's not a reintroduction. Guy Gardner. It's interesting you say that. Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner has already been existing. Yeah. As, although I would think that would be really fun. Yeah, that would be where. That would be great, would actually. Um, like right but I'm it. hoping it's Lobo. Lobo. Oh. Wow. Oh. <laughs> the main yes. man. He could the be reintroduced man. any time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, Nate, any, any guess? I agree with you, so I'm not going to say it because you pretty much already said it. Okay, well, yeah, my guess is that uh, they're reintroducing the Golden Age Green Lantern, Yeah. Okay. Alan Scott, uh, who has appeared as Alan Scott in the first issue of Earth 2. Who also has this three last kids. Month. Two kids. Who also has two kids, but as we run an earlier panel talking about this, Tom Galloway, I think, was the one agreeing mm-hmm. with me that yeah. uh, he was a, a very long time as a bachelor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he has... Uh, and we know what that means. Right. Uh, and he, his uh, marriage was very late he in life. comic the, books. To the Harlequin. That's he right. did not remember uh, actually uh, parenting, fathering his children by the Golden Age Thorn, who was crazy and tried to kill him. Uh, so he did not know his children until they were adults. And uh, in the old continuity, his uh, his son Todd Rice, mm-hmm. aka Obsidian, was also is, is gay, and I don't think Obsidian exists in the New Fifty Two, but uh, is a character who had already been firmly established in a very stable, long term gay relationship, and it does it does resolve the issue of being iconic. The average person is going you're going to see a headline yeah. that says Green Lantern. Is gay, and then you just like Miles Morales is the ultimate Spider-Man. People mm-hmm. don't understand that it's a. But you know what's going to happen? There's going to be like some terrorist act in Tehran, and there'll be million, you know, hundreds of people killed. But Fox will do an hour on this. Uh, we'll do an hour on instead Green Lantern of, being gay. Of, yes. Yeah. Uh, man's inhumanity demand is nothing compared to, to a comic book character. To the Green Lantern. Yeah. Well, if you say, but if you say iconic to me, you really are only talking five guys. Oh, time. I know, and then I think that's, yeah. that and wording think, was special was chosen very yeah. carefully. Yeah. And the other only other one that would come to mind would be Flash. 
Right. Except in Earth 2, uh, Earth 2 number one, he has already been established as having a girlfriend. uh, But maybe a previous Flash or Max Mercury. But then Max Mercury isn't iconic, but it's a good guess. He's not iconic, but it would be awesome. They're totally rewriting everything about The Flash right now, and I'm not happy about it. That's a totally different discussion. Yeah, I haven't read Flash in ages. No, nor should you. So (laughs) maybe we should move on. We should move on. Where Ringo is dead, so I What's wouldn't. next on your list? <laughs> we don't have a hell of a list. I was going to go to movies. I don't have much. Yeah, okay. Because we we don't busy. have movies. Oh, I happen to know. Wait. You want to raise your hand? I happen to know that we have an author in the audience. We do, but wait. A long a, this is a clean, Oh, she has a Oh, you have a question? Yes. She wants to stump Come on up. Get over here and, mm-hmm. and identify yourself. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a question between each one of the bits, I guess. Yeah, great. It could be. My name is Katie. Hi, I'm, Katie. I'm 11. And where are you from? Concord. Concord. You say that with some concern on your face. No, no I was having trouble remembering. Okay, okay. good. <laughs> um, and what's my favorite color? It's red. not yellow. We already know. Nope, sorry. It's not red either, Keep going. apparently. So what's your question? My question is, how many different types of ring, rings are there in the... Um, Green Lantern universe. Ah, there's, there's many as, as, there, as many as and there are Care Bears. No. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the la- the there's green, the whole spectrum. Yellow. Well, let's say, let's identify green, which is will. Yes. Yellow, which is fear. fear. Red. Indigo, which is compassion. Okay, fine. Red is anger. Rage. Uh, rage. Right. Okay. Uh, sapphire. Uh, it's, yes. It's purple. Violet is love. love. Uh, blue is hope. So orange that's is orange avarice. is avarice. White, so white is life, and black is death. And if you silver, there is no, no. silver ring. And if you want to count, Alan Alan Scott's ring Which functions is differently. Is green, but functions powered by magic, the star heart, okay. uh, and not the power battery of Oa. So that's currently. Was that's ever, currently. Wasn't there ever a silver ring? That no, you're thinking kryptonite. Oh, you might be right. So. That's an excellent question. Excellent question. So as many colors as there are Care Bears is basically uh, w- what it is. Uh, and, they, and they function the same way. That's hey, going to work into the crossover with this Care Bears? And like, yes. Hey, hey sure. Derek. Yes? Tell her what she's won. Well, I'm going to offer what? a choice because I don't want to presume. Rainbow Girls? Uh, one Rainbow. choice could be uh, this book called I Heart Kawhi. No, please. Or a copy of the DVD animated film Justice League Doom. Yes, okay. <laughs> excellent. excellent. Well yeah! chosen. Courtesy of Warner Brothers. There you go. Warner Home Video. Justice League Doom, based on uh, Mark Wade's work and, and and Dwayne McDuffie's last. And it is in stores R, now, right? So wait no, six years no, 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 you no, watch no, it. no, no, no. <laughs> That's in stores now for if you. It's have actually it. unrated. No, it's PG thirteen. Oh really? So, nice. not PG so two years. But her father was pleased. We wanted to watch that. So excellent. excellent. Good. A prize that's happy. Yes. All right. So and let's introduce. Uh, we have a guest then. Let's Chris. Yes. Slap hands and let Jay come sit down. Mm-hmm. We've got tagged, tagged out. We got Jay Hartlove, longtime Bacon fixture. We're working uh, on Jay's uh, been here since seventy fifth year. Yeah, seventy fifth year. Seventy year. He's uh, holding together really well. Well, you know, he started. He started out with us. Uh, we we were born he, here. We, I, <laughs> I remember when we were recording on a wax cylinder on the Edison machine. That was a tough machine. That was that a, very a lot tough of trouble. Machine. Bass yeah. was hard to adjust. Yes, uh, it sounded very tinny. So. Jay, you, uh, we brought you up not just to talk about uh, uh, about the impossible, but because you have written a novel called The Chosen. You are, would you say you are a fan-turned-author? That's true. That's yes. true. Okay. Uh, I was doing comic book costumes before Comic-Con became Comic-Con. Uh, back in the day when Comic-Con was having its uh, masquerade on Friday nights because they wanted to reserve the sweet spot of Saturday night for the Inkpot Awards. And they would typically have maybe twenty or thirty people show up for the masquerade. This is like thirty years ago. And you're what? Wow. You're what they refer to as a journeyman costume, aren't you? Aren't you? Or master? Uh, I've been master costume. You're master costume. And then dropped out twenty years ago. But okay. Yeah. No, okay. We, we Explain were, yeah. that to me because I do not know enough no about. So the ranks start with bear. I have too much of a gut to wear the spandex, but I'd love to. Right. Well, that was that, well, that was that was that was Rotzler's rules about you know not being able to wear spandex if you're overweight and this sort of thing. But that goes that's a whole different direction. No, the um, the uh, the costuming was was seen as just something to keep the fans busy while Shell was actually. 
kissing all the professionals' asses on Saturday night. And so we had, and so we had, you know, it was really, you know, I, literally we had, we were using the back of the kitchen as the green room. We have a rule. You have to say arses. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Arses. Right. Yes. Right. Right. We don't want to put an explicit rating on this podcast. Kissing, kissing up to. Well, then we won't talk about the content of my book. Oh, we can't. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, so. In metaphorical I was, terms. I was, I was part of one of the, one of the groups that broke that mold. Um, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I think it was probably something like 1989, or no, wait, it was, it was later than that. It was like 94, um, which is still 20 years ago. Um, of course, now we're counting 75 years for Baycott. Never mind, I can't, I can't keep track of <laughs> don't the math. Do the anyway, math. Don't do the math. Don't even try to blow a fuse right here on, I the, don't even on want the radio. To try it. No, it's not. Um, we did Camelot 3000, and we did such a good job that the editor who had done the book. Wrote us a check for five hundred dollars out of her own money because there was no prize to be given for the masquerade, and the next year they moved the masquerade to Saturday night. So they came to realize that the costuming was in fact a big enough draw, and that people really were paying money at the front door to get in, and that it made a difference to the, to running the convention. So now those were the I, years I that were. I was actually a little piece of history there in, in changing the mm-hmm. mood. Those were also the years that were responsible for the law of costuming, which is no costume is no costume. No costume is no costume actually dates from the 1950s. In when the 50s, you, had, when right. you had science fiction conventions where you would have people showing up nude with a little, little glitter here and there. You know, like the woman would show up with glitter on her Berman, and the guy would show up with glitter on his mustache, and you're like, ha, ha, ha. And, and, and this, you know, the, 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 the costume con- contests would go on for hours because they were you know, just an opportunity for people to be drinking because there would be a bar in the room. So it was like drinking and nudity. Exactly. It was, it was, and people were upset about this. Right. Without the good music that you get with burlesque, oh, okay. that's the problem. And right. I mean, yeah, the entertainment value is only there if you were in the in, nude. Know, in crowd or oh. in the nude up on stage. Right. Um, so there's that whole thing came and went. Oh, well, of course, the, the masquerade judges were, of course, whatever pro they could throw a lasso around in the bar and drag them in mm-hmm. and say, here, you Pro as in professional uh, artist, professional, not somebody who hangs out profe- in a hotel professional looking for... Pro- professional... 40-year-old version, 40-year-old virgin professional science fiction writer. Okay, That's okay. The, 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 oh yeah, they could judge the naked women up on stage. And yeah, <laughs> this is this is the dark ages of costuming. I feel like I've left, left lost out. I, I was thinking I've only been going to Comic Con since 2000, and no, no, yeah. I've never seen okay. that. Okay, so. all right. Yeah. Well, Comic Con was better because that was a whole other generation later. That was yeah. in, that was in the 80s on into the 90s, and then and then costuming. Got, you know, like I say, I think. The Camelot 3000 group, which which Kathy Sanders was, was you know the the lightning bolt that struck that, uh, she deserves the credit, and I think that's what we ended up moving costuming into Saturday night, mm-hmm. and that lasted for years, and eventually the media thing took over, and now Comic Con doesn't isn't even recognizable from what it used yeah. to be. So. Well, but it, but, that, but as you'd say though, that's also the media thing when people. Uh, say your, your perception of Comic Con now is the costuming because that's what every news channel shows. Right. And I tell people five, maybe five to ten percent of the attendees, if that, are dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are costumed, but that's all you see. With a, with a real active costume, Ten, plenty of T-shirts, plenty of people with like parts. Oh yeah, things. I mean we always certainly you know, yeah we buy T-shirts and have yeah. fun wearing them, but you know furry, they, furry tail sticking out so, their belt. Uh, yeah. So how do you qualify as master costumer? Is that something you just decided you are? Uh, eventually, I started winning at World Science Fiction Conventions and at Costume Cons, and okay. so and once you start winning like that, you're no longer a protected class. The idea of the lower classes for anybody, fanboy press. I'm sure somebody out there cares. Um, yes. So no, I mean the, it's interesting. The idea is it if is. you're a beginner, you don't want to be competing against people who've been doing it for forever. Right. And so you want to be fair to them, let them be graded against people of their right. own ilk. Right. And so you have a protected class for little kids, a protected protected class for people who just started, protected class for people who are like they've been they got some skills but they don't really want to get into the big leagues and then there's everybody else so it's called yeah. open competition yeah. at that point and you so each one of those classes is awarded separately right right the judges are supposed to take them compare them apples to apples right and then the open competition is anything goes. And so you go out there with this thing that you spent a lot of time it's in. It's also about with. encouraging people to come exactly. back by winning and advancing through the classes and eventually winning. Exactly. Otherwise, if you put a, a novice up against a master and they get crushed, then they never come back. Right. right, right, right. And you end up with no next generation of costumers, which is exactly what happened in the 1990s. Costuming died. And in, it wasn't, if it wasn't for Japan and cosplay, it wouldn't be back now. Okay. So, so you've taken all this... 
and put it into a book, right? Oh, uh, actually, no. along Sorry. the way, actually, well, the other the other thing that you guys talk about on this show is movies, and that's yeah. been my great inspiration. I've never read as much as I should if I'm claiming to be an author, frankly, but I've watched a lot of movies, and so I'm very visual in my writing, mm-hmm. and so you know, I've got a, a good friend of mine is an independent film producer and every time I come out with a book she's like oh god I wish I had the money to make this because it's very visual she would love to make these into movies but she's you know mm-hmm. she makes horror movies about people who get stuck in trunks you know love cars things that's like that that's horrific so, yeah well, it's, it's, it's very scary not. and it'll be easy to uh, <laughs> shoot Yes, um, exactly. But let me let me say the title of this of this uh, novel is The Chosen, right? And I do I do love this tagline: "The man who would beat the devil isn't a hero, but a ruthless madman." Right. Well, he's which say- is the Nate Costa story. Exactly. So. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That and any number of people in, in Washington. Yes. Um, but this takes place in Washington. You know, yes. The Washington Monument is on the cover of the yes, book. Of course, it's being struck by lightning like a giant phallus. So it's it's you know it's it's that thing. Um, that sounds painful. But in any event... <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, well, it's... Is it's that your wife going, Ixne? Uh, <laughs> well, you caught me in the arse before. So. Yes. Uh, yes, fine. And yes, there's a sequel coming out called Daughter Cell. Where, where things Daughter get, Cell? Where things get really funky because they wow. get into the whole father-daughter relationship. But Oh, okay. So this book is wrong. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yes. right. Uh, it's a thriller. It's, you know, magic and, and car chases and plane crashes. And I and, saw and, Egyptology and, and in Egypt, there for a yes, while. People yes. getting their heads blasted off. And, and Nate yes. challenged me to speed read. I flipped through and saw some key words. Egypt well, and Osiris popped yes, out of there. Yes, actually, yes they would because the backstory is that there's a... I changed the Bible. I, it's something that fans love to do is go back and change the source material. Uh, I rewrote Exodus. Oh, yeah, you're not the first to do that. So DC is doing that next year. There oh, you go. Well, well, hopefully, the, hopefully, my Aneurysm. Co- hopefully my copyright on this will have at least give them pause for a moment before they, okay. before they steal my story completely. But the idea is that there was a demon, actually the, the, the snake from the Garden of Eden, has stuck himself into Ramses' court, and so there's a court intrigue, and the reason things went so badly for the Egyptians against Moses is because there was a demon on the inside job. Uh. And so 3,200 years later, the high priest at the time is, like, back and pissed, and he wants to set things right. Is he on Fox? He would no. be, except this story takes place in 2000, and Fox hadn't risen to power by oh, 2000 yet. So, so, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, he could have gone so, the media route. You're I, right. That's... Yeah. that's uh, but no, it's it's exciting. It's um, the protagonist is is an ex killer from from Haiti. Is one of the Duvalier hitmen. He's running from his past. Oh, he interesting. Gets, he gets dragged back into all these demons in the streets, and it's yeah, it's exciting. It's you know, well, there's it, like sex in the jungle, and like I said, the plane crashes and the whole thing. So you do so make the, this sound like a must read. <laughs> thank you. This is one thing I just like. Yeah, and then there's sex in the jungle. Oh well, okay. there it is. I'm sorry, I'm not making it up. I it always it. comes back to the sex. <laughs> it's it? it's in the book. And so, this is from. And I love the title. I, I love the name of the publishing house too. Is uh, Damnation Books? Yes, they're actually really good. They're a small press up in Petaluma. They did a really nice job. You had to it. sign your contract in blood. Um, there was not that. your own though. There was that. <laughs> there used to be a third. Well, I, I did use my own blood, so oh, yeah. excellent. And yeah. this is a, you can people who want this can go to Amazon and pick it it's up. It's on Amazon. It's on BarnesandNoble.com. dot com. It's in uh, it's carried in Barnes and Noble stores. Is, is it uh, awesome? It's, yeah, it's 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 a real book. And is it is it well? It is real. I'm holding on to it. Thank it's you. Like is it ebook friendly as well? Yes, it's the ebook downloads are beautiful. Um, saw a lot more of those than I do the hard copy, but that's fine. Excellent. Yeah. Well. It's, Thanks very much for being on. Oh, you're very yeah. welcome. And like I said, the Daughter Cell is coming out later this year. It's a sequel. Uh, it's the so, same so people would buy the book right now, get read up, and be ready for right. the true. sequel. That's to come true. That's yeah. true. Uh, the next book is, is not. It's a sequel, but it's not a continu- continuation of the same story. Uh, it's the same detective. Uh, the detective in this one. So you're is not really doing a trilogy or anything like that. It's you're the next mystery in the series. I, uh, I appreciate right. that actually. Right. I right. really do. Yeah, the second one is a standalone novel. You can read the first one first if you want to, but you can go back and read the first one later. That's fine too. Okay. But yeah, it's yeah. I had a lot of fun writing it, and I'm having a lot of fun promoting it. So thank you very much for having Great. me on your show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Right. 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 And now back to Chris. So how are we sitting for? Do we have to? Well, kids, know, I have to say, uh, Jay Hartlove is the reason there was a drink tank three hundred. Because I made a joke about doing three hundred contrib- contributions, 
and he sent me the best story. And I was like, okay, now I have to actually do it. And I believe the, the Facebook response was, thanks, Jay, dot, dot, dot. And the following word would probably be bleeped by someone on this panel. Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. Arse. Uh, so, good. Um, yeah, how are we okay. sitting for, how are we sitting for prizes? Are we gonna, can we do one, another one now? Or? I love prizes. I've received the call, gents. Okay. What's the call? You got to go time. pick up your brother? I'm going to pick up friend of the program, Ben Costa. I'm going to try to get him hey. to come back and be on the show if That'd you guys awesome. are still doing wow, it. Wow, dude. Mm-hmm. Bring him back. If not, we'll just get dinner. Okay. Cool. Yes. All right. So uh, we say about yes. Uh, for those who don't know, Nate's brother uh, Ben uh, self-publishes, uh, writes, and draws a series called Sherlock Pong, the Wandering Monk, who awesome. tells uh, Chinese history. He's at a Zurich Award. You uh, can check really? it on his website. Yes, and you can buy his beautifully produced hardback. Uh, and collection. quite honestly, we have to talk on behalf of Ben because Ben is—he's mute. He's mute. <laughs> Uh, he's, he, he's got this weird social muteness. Yes, he, like, he's a shy man. The more people, but he in does do a really cool the, series. So uh, yes, we do have. I still have uh, for those who would be interested in this. I also have another Gears of War novel. So do we have any more questions? Anybody have a question? Gentlemen in the back. Yeah, no, no, not yet. All right, let me sweeten it one more time. I have one more prize. Oh, uh oh. Okay. I have a DVD copy of one of my favorite movies of last year. <gasps> Super, starring Rain Wilson, written and directed by the fantastic James Gunn. Rain Wilson, friend of the program, of The Office fame. Yes, and Ellen Page, uh, Kevin Bacon, and uh, Nathan Fillion. Actually, I challenge to Zorlock. What? I challenge for that. Oh, oh do you want? Oh. <laughs> you know, Chris is enough of a part-timer that I think we should allow this. Are you going to? Okay. Oh, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to humiliate me. It's going to end up with me crying. That's and, why I think we should allow this. All right. And if you lose, I shave your beard. All right. It's like the dictator. Go ahead. Issue 20 of oh, The di- Avengers features a letter from a very important literary figure. Who is it? Harlan Ellison. Wrong. Okay. George R. R. Martin's first piece of published writing. Wow. I, can, I contend very important literary figure. <laughs> Give it to Rick. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just going to put it down here and let you guys wrestle. <laughs> Throw uh, down. Ah, whoever comes <laughs> up with it. Okay. okay. Let's move on then. Okay. We've got... Uh, We've movie? got movies. Movies. Uh, uh, of course, uh, this I week... I always want to go TV then. Movies. I know you do, but... Okay, do you want to go TV? Well, it's like I buy a little comic book, I watch a little TV, then I go out to the movies. Okay, well, fine. We'll do a little TV just to please Rick. Thank you. Um... A show that that is related to what we talk about, Community, uh, oh. did its end uh, a week and a half ago. Community yes. watchers out there, anybody? Woo! You should be. Um, One and of the things nominated against the Drink Tanks Hugo acceptance speech for a Hugo Award at the Hugos this year in Chicago. What award? Seriously, that the is Hugos. so bizarre. I know it's me, Neil Gaiman, uh, for his Doctor Who, two other Doctor Who's, and Community. Wait, you wait. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm broken by this nomination. Wait a minute. So your acceptance speech yes. is nominated in what possible category? Short dramatic presentation. Yes. The Hugos have no value or legitimacy <laughs> whatsoever. Yes. No, 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 no. They have complete and total legitimacy in all ways, shapes, and forms. I am willing to accept. You're going to be really upset when he wins. <laughs> He's not going to oh, beat Neil Gaiman. It have, was an extremely dramatic presentation. It was. Uh, it was, and uh, I do understand that, but still. That was Debbie Brett Snyder sitting over the mic. Yeah! And so I have a quick I'm sorry, qu- expert markswoman Debbie <laughs> Brett Snyder. Sharpshooter. I, I do have a quick question. So now, I, no- I noticed you mentioned Archie Comics earlier. Now, I know for a while you guys had a... Had a a run going where you mentioned Archie comic in every yes, podcast. Yes, we, did. So, we did. so is that still going on, or is that just an occasional thing? Uh, it's just occasional when they make news. Um, yeah, they, were making for while, news they were making news for a while. They were making news. And who would have thought, quietly, the, fam- the most family-friendly company, longest-running family-friendly uh, comics company, has been uh, on the forefront of everything. They broke into digital first. They yeah. had that bad boy they introduced to the, uh, the Archieverse. Yeah, what was his name? That bad boy? There was a bad boy. That, Reggie? The, no, 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 no. There was a there was a new kid in town. Yeah. 
Oh, it was I don't a trilogy of, uh, of Kiss. Uh, oh. Archie met Kiss. Yeah. And they're going to do a sequel to that. Archie's going to meet Kiss again. Uh, and uh, and they both retain their relative ages from the time they met to now. Yes. Wow. It's really weird. Um, they went digital. Kevin Keller was there. They do, I mean, Archie's got a complex continuity. All, oh, yeah. Parallel universes where Archie is married to Betty, where Archie is married to Veronica and divorced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Miss Grundy died of cancer. And uh, now he's married to uh, one of the Pussycats, uh, the African-American yeah. member of the Pussycats. Uh, so. I want to see them all get on a plane and end up on an island. That's going to happen. <laughs> All right, so now let us get back to community, because I have a lot to say on this. Okay. After my Hugo nomination, uh, by the way, that I'll mention, of one of the four I have this year. Come Some, sit down. Somebody needs to get me food, or I'm going to pass out uh, because Soon. I'm so upset at Chris Garcia right now. Um, okay, anyway. Um, ah. Anyway, yeah, community has been renewed for a fourth season for 13 episodes, episodes. which could, could lead to more, but they did and fire showrunner... And, and show creator, creator Dan Harmon. Yeah. And this is a a crime against the show. It it all it smacks of they wanted to cancel it but didn't have a good reason to. And they wanted it to look like it wasn't the network failing. So you're saying that they want them to have 13 bad shows? Yeah, pretty much. And this is ha- this and NBC has done this before. Why would uh, they spend 13 million dollars to Save face. Because Wait, I'm not a studio. They're, they're, yeah. I don't know why I <laughs> asked no, that question. I'll give you one reason. They're afraid of their fans. Yes. What? I think that this should get really meta, and Abed should come out and write the shows now. There is the rumor is that the showrunners are going to be completely silent on this issue, and to the point where that they are going to not make any of the meta references they have been doing. Oh. This is rumor, as of course, because they believe that that is why Community is not more successful. Right, that they have tried to. NBC has asked, and and this is the. And let's be honest, it is again show business. I've had a week and a half to parse this news to think about it and go. I love Community. It's one of my favorite shows. I laugh really hard, and there are times that I look around me and and go, I don't know who else I know besides the people at this table, who are getting everything that's going on in Community. Yeah. And so I do understand to some extent that apparently uh, NBC and Sony have asked Dan Harmon to make the show more accessible. Mm-hmm. And his response has been to do things like the Dungeons & Dragons bottle episode, uh, to do an episode set in an 8-bit video game universe. Uh, you know, he's Claymation not, episode. Claymation episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that he is, uh, no doubt, very brilliant. Uh, I also, we have mutual friends. He's impossible to work with. He's impossible to work with. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, but I'm sure, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not claiming to know him really mm-hmm. or to say, but there are plenty of people that are impossible to work with that are still brilliant, and I think he is. Thank you. Yeah. I was talking about Lon, of course. Uh, but, I was uh, talking about Harlan Ellison. I haven't worked with Harlan Ellison, and I don't know him. It's just that he, that he and I have one thing in common. We both believe you are the devil. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but then, you know, I think about it, that many of the show writers are staying on. Yes, almost all. Almost all. And uh, so it could very well be fine. And, and I thought about the parallel is, um, in comics, people are upset about, you know, right now, the Avengers being very successful and we even have on our site a little campaign for a buck for Jack to the Jack Kirby estate. And um, but the thing is, the Avengers went on after Jack Kirby stopped working on it, uh, and some of the most iconic stuff came from uh, from people other than sure. And Fantastic Four, you like Jonathan Hickman, and yet uh, you keep buying Fantastic Four even though it's not Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby doing it anymore. Yeah, but I've bought all the omnibuses that have the Jack. Yeah, sure you have, but I'm saying those those the work of community indeed yeah. by Dan I, I Harmon don't disagree. I, I, still exists. It's and like so, the people who get all all upset about. Um, <coughs> oh, I forgot what it is. On the the they get all upset about uh, um, beyond uh, before Watchmen. Yeah, right. That's and it's, another one. It's before Watchmen is not going to change anything about what Watchmen was. Yeah, and there are any number of of characters that have had. 
other authors come up and tell completely different stories. Sherlock Holmes, for example, has hundreds of authors who have picked up Conan Doyle's character, yeah. and it hasn't changed anything about what Conan Doyle did with that character. Right. So, And you can point to, one, uh, to, to at least one show that uh, the changing of the guard uh, did nothing to diminish his popularity was Smash. Larry Gelbart, show creator and yep. showrunner, was fired early on, like third season, and MASH ran for another nine or so years. The show changed, yeah. and it, got, it became even more brilliant. Cheers, apparently the same thing. The uh, mm-hmm. show creators left after the second season. Yeah. And I would go with the other thing is, people forget about this, is if they fire a showrunner and everybody decides not to watch it in protest, there are a lot more than one person who does a show, and it's in this economy. It's why Scrubs lasted a season beyond. Yeah. But at least in that case, the producer did say, look, I'm not interested in running it anymore, but uh, there, are a lot, there are like 100 people who are employed as a result, and I don't want them to lose a job because I am in a bad mood right now and don't want to do this anymore. Well, the big sign that this is NBC trying to get it canceled is that it moved it to 8.30 on Friday well, first with of all, Whitney as a lead-in. First of all, NBC has the right to just cancel it. Yes. They could. They don't have to spend another $13 million. Yeah. Um, but uh, the thing is that Community is also a show, as, as we've been commenting, is a show that, that is shown that people are watching on DVR and Hulu. Yes. And it is, n- it is not a show that people are watching in the actual time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more a- NBC acknowledging nobody watches anything on Friday night anyway. And I actually like Whitney. Get well, out. you are, uh, you are, uh, he can't get out. It's all his, it's his equipment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get out. I don't want to be on a cassette tape and, and, and have our listenership go down from 12 to 10. Actually, technically, it's half Debbie's. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she's got a rifle. Uh, so. so what else we got? Let's move right on. Hey, uh, we, we gave away a copy of Justice League Doom. Woohoo! And the next uh, animated film coming out is from the same DC Direct, DC Universe films, is uh, Superman vs. the Elite. And they announced this week what's coming after that. The Dark Knight Returns is Ooh. coming in two parts. Awesome. And guess who's playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman coming Kevin, out of retirement? Kevin Conroy? No, it's not Kevin Conroy. Adam West? No. It's actually a really cool choice. Vin Diesel. Peter Weller. Nice. Oh, wow. Buckaroo Bonsai is playing Batman. Wow. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Robocop is playing Batman. <laughs> playing Batman. Freeze. Uh, <laughs> right. The Joker is back. It's a good day to die. <laughs> uh, I'm really I've worn the looking. Robocop suit. That's especially too, true because in, he the gets actual that. actual suit. I call shenanigans. No, no, when, Give when, me Walt von Hoffman. When Batman goes up against Superman in Just that. Just when I can't hate you enough. <laughs> When Batman goes up against Superman in that story, he looks so much like RoboCop. It's, a, it's a great choice. It's a great choice. If you can't have Kevin Conroy, and you can't, sorry, uh, you know that um, because they cast Peter Weller. I I think Peter Weller is a great choice. Yes. We have an audience yeah. question. Do we do questions during the TV? Now? What? Do we do questions during the TV? Sure, we can sure do, we can do a question. Yes, go ahead, Jay. Mm-hmm. I know you're in the TV round. I didn't know if you did questions. Um, what was the last time of, of, of Peter Weller's long and checkered science fiction career, what was the last time he appeared on television doing science fiction? Okay, I'm going to say it was that Showtime series, Odyssey 5, is that, or he was in Star Trek The Next Generation? Oh, I think it's... Science fiction. Was it an anthology show? No. No? No, it was on... Oh, man. Because I went, oh my god, it's RoboCop. And that's when you flashed on the TV yeah. show. Oh, what is it? I'm going to... Oh. Go ahead, Jay. Okay. He was in a single standalone episode of Fringe last year. Oh, oh that's right. absolutely brilliant. It was that a was story that we've seen a dozen times before. It was the scientist who figures out how to travel in time, ends up just poten- potentially destroying the universe in the process but all because he's trying to get back to the moment in his past yes. when his wife has died. Yes. It was... It's the one with the bubble around the house, it right? It was 
No, it wasn't the bubble around Not the, the bubble house. Not the bubble around the house? The bubble around the house was a different time travel. It's a very similar story. They've been story. playing with time and dimensions yeah, yeah. a lot on that show. But no, this one was a very personal story. It was heartfelt. I was absolutely in tears at the end of the show. It was some of the best thing I've seen Peter Wella do in years. Go find it on, okay. on, on DirecTV or something. It was wonderful. Okay. okay. Cool. So, Jay, do you want a prize? Do you want a Gears of War novel? Or do you want a copy of Super, which your, your daughter shouldn't watch? I'm just going to say now, your children should not watch that Have film. Have me and Linda over to watch it. It's great, but don't, don't let your children watch it. Okay. Uh, so, movies. The only thing I was going to say was uh, that uh, Men in Black 3 opened this weekend. And I, I know, How many of you have seen Men in Black 3? Anybody? How many cared? No, because you were at a convention. Same yeah, I really, I, I, I just want to say, I did get my review up of that, and I absolutely loved it. And I thought I was going to not like that at all because I really did not like Men in Black Two, but mm-hmm. I liked the idea of Josh Brolin playing young Tommy Lee yes. Jones, I, which I liked was your, as brilliant as I thought it was going to be. I liked your comment that uh, it was so subtly written that you could have you could watch that and totally ignore the second movie. Yes, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't lose anything. Yes. Now uh, I'm a consultant on that film. Uh, I do you remember are. that. Yes. yes. Tell me. Tell they, me. Uh, they did call to talk about some of the computers. Yes. But I also have some personal movie news. Okay. Personal movie news. I uh, just just yesterday found out I got five grand to make my movie. Which movie is this? So this is called The Wild Party. It is a time traveling uh, party film. This is not your failed Kickstarter project. No, this is not my failed Kickstarter. I'm never getting my okay, money the back. Okay. The question. For that. The question is. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is there a role for me? Uh, there, are, there is technically three roles for you because it takes place in three different time frames running parallel. I'm totally there. Can I you, know you are. Can you, you play are. a 16-year-old? I can. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the starting of the funding is five grand to actually do all the pre-production. Okay. So, yes, it's going to be interesting. So look for it summer 2015. Excellent. You got a working I, you title? You know, the thing is I have been, I have been signed. Party. Is this a feature or a short? Feature. I have been signed to a Chris Garcia feature before, and it didn't happen. And that role was great. That role was great. And I'm still ticked at you for that. I'm so this one had better happen. This one had better happen because that was a great script. Yes. So, uh, all right. Well, cool. So where well, are we at now? It was written by a Hugo winner. What? It was written by a Hugo winner. I hate you! <laughs> but I will gladly be in your film. Okay. <laughs> wow. I am truly go- going Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, anybody uh, else want to claim the I, I ask a question and get the I Heart Quay or the hardback Gears of War, the Slab novel? Okay, it's going back in my bag for next year. There we go. Woo-hoo. All right. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Okay. Such an altruistic comedy. Oh, oops. I, yeah, I just don't really have anything else this weekend. I think that it's been a great show. We've had a great studio audience. Could you give yourself yeah. a hand? Yeah. 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 Excellent. Bacon 2012. That's right. Until the next time we record, uh, I remain Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Hugo Award-winning Ow! fanzine editor Christopher J. Garcia. Ow! And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.